Okay, we just want to share a few verses this morning. Um, we're continuing really uh, this month, really, just talking about uh, why our church is here, what, what, our, uh, what our mission is, how we seek to do that. Last week, we spoke from this great verse in the book of Acts, Acts 10, 38. says how Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the evil one. What a great verse. Maybe you know, that's what Jesus is about today. You know, if you're in need today, then Jesus came to meet your need. Jesus came to set you free. Jesus came to bring hope into your life. That, that's the message of the gospel, that there is a God in heaven who cares for you. Amen? And uh, he wants to help you and strengthen you and go with you through life as you follow him. And uh, we talked about how Jesus changed everything around him and uh, brought the kingdom to it and how that's the calling of God upon our lives. And today I just want to pick out one little verse and uh, just kind of go with that. And then we're going to come and have communion together. Um, And it's just a a well-known verse, Acts 2 verse 42 says this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And I want to talk really today about connecting with God. You know, um, uh, our, we're part of the Elam Church, and um, in uh, our head offices in Malvern, our international offices in Malvern, and it's up on the side of the hills, you know, where the Malvern Hills are, beautiful location, and uh, I often have to go for meetings, stay overnight, and uh, about seven o'clock usually on the, in the morning, uh, you can st- see kind of like several people standing on the patio, and uh, if this is the fence, the patio is here, and they usually stand like this. They're not worshipping, they're trying to get a signal. Because there's no signal in this blessed place. Do you know what I mean? Because the hills are blocked out. So you're sitting there on the patio trying to get a signal with your phone. Just trying to get one bar. Because the truth is, until you connect, you're not talking to anybody. Until you connect, nothing changes. And so we're all there going to go, and they go, oh, I've got a bar. And then everybody converges on the same place. Do you know what I mean? Because it's just impossible to get a signal. And, and you know, it's about, about connecting. You see, connecting is such a big deal in our world. Everybody wants to connect with everybody. But friends, the truth is, the biggest need for connection in your life is with God. The biggest need for connection in your life is with God. God has called you to connect with him deeply within your spirit and in your heart and in your life. And uh, I want us to talk today just about how we do that. You know, our our strategy as a church, our process, if you like, as a church is around these three things that we're trying to uh, kind of explain over the next few weeks. Firstly, we want people to connect with God. Second slide, please. Connect with God. Our relationship with God through Jesus is the source of our life together. Our relationship with God through Jesus is the source of our life. If we do not connect, then actually we end up becoming religious. Hello. We end up just doing the things that we should do. Because we believe it, yeah, but there's no life to it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, we've been following, any of us who follow Jesus for a while, we, we, you know, it's good to do the right thing. But friends, sometimes we're doing the right thing with the wrong heart. And Jesus actually said, I'd rather you were hot or cold, not lukewarm. In other words, Jesus says, I want to connect with people. I don't just want people who give me lip service. See, lip service doesn't really impress anybody, does it? You know. God wants us to be people who are passionate in him, who are connected with him. Secondly, I believe that the church is called to grow together. You see, we're called to connect with God. Then secondly, we're called to grow together. Um, you know, it's not just um, uh, to, to, you know, and this, is, this goes in the face of individualism in our world. See, our world is full of individuality. People just want to do their own thing. Uh, leave me alone. I'll, I'll do my thing. You do your thing. But the church is called to be together. You see, we are held together by the unity of the Spirit. 
The church has joined us together. God has joined us together in the church. If you look around here today, you'll see people who you'd have never talked to in real life. Outside of the church, you'd never have seen them. They wouldn't have been in your world. Why? Because actually we've been joined together by the Spirit. If you're sitting beside someone like that today, be gracious. Because guess what? They're being gracious to you. We've been joined together by the Spirit of God. God's worked in us and he's called us into unity. And so we are called to grow together. There's a sense of being part of the body of Christ. And uh, we need to recognize that. And then thirdly, we're called to serve others. We're called to serve others in the world. And uh, we're going to unpack this over the next few weeks from Acts 2.42 and the scriptures there. But today I want to talk really just about connecting with God because everything comes down to that. See, connection with God is really the whole deal of Christianity. Do you remember the story of uh, Adam and Eve when they were in the garden? And it says in Genesis chapter 3 that in the evening Adam and Eve would walk and uh, in the cool of the day the Lord would come and walk with them. That's an amazing verse, isn't it? Can you imagine walking in the cool of the day with God? What does that tell you? It tells you that God enjoys connection with his people. He enjoys being with us. He enjoys being with you. Sometimes I don't enjoy being with myself. (laughs) You ever get like that? You know, um, I remember I had to spend two days in Miami Miami once, which sounds really glamorous, but I was on my own. It was the most miserable two days of my life. Do you know what I mean? I must have put on 15 pounds when I was there for two days. Do you know what I mean? I've lost them since. Yes, I have. Thank you very much. I can see some of you thinking that. Because it's on me. Because we're made for connection. And God came down and walked with Adam and Eve. And what happened when sin entered the world was that connection was broken. And here's the wonderful thing about it, friends. God still came down to walk with his people. But they hid from him. Isn't that an amazing picture? God still came down to walk with them. And you hear this tragic phrase, Adam, where are you? Sometimes I hear the Lord speaking to me, David, where are you? Because we need that sense of connection with God to really thrive. Without connection, we become uh, brittle, we become dull, we become lacking life. Have you ever noticed? Happens in marriages and in relationships and in friendships. There's no real connection anymore. Things change. People you used to go out with and hang out with for hours, now 15 minutes is hard work. Why? Because the connection has changed. And, and, and you know, we've got to have that with God, you know, because somehow we come into our relationship with God and everything's wonderful, but if we don't keep the connection, then it changes. God wants us to be. F- connected to him in every way so that we will know him. Uh, Moses understood this because when Jesus, uh, the Lord comes to Moses and says, I want you to lead my people through here. He says to him, if your presence does not go with us, don't send us. He says, listen, unless I've got a connection with you, God, I'm not not willing to do this. I'm not going to move from here unless I know that we're connected. Unless, he said, and then he goes further. He says, because how will anyone know the difference, what sets us apart if your presence isn't with us? See, if his presence isn't with us, we're just like any other group. Hello. Well-meaning, well-intentioned, nice. I'm just talking about myself now. But, 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 you know, just seeking to live. But it's his presence. It's the hope of his presence. It's what his presence brings. It's what his presence represents that changes why we are the church and what we're here to do and how we do it in these days. 
that connection with God is what sets us apart, that we are called sons and daughters of God. And I love how Paul puts it when he talks to the Greeks in Athens and he debates with them and he uses the words of one of their own prophets and he says, for in him we live and move and have our being. He says, it's the whole deal. We're here today because of who God is in us. I'm proclaiming what you know to be an unknown God. I'm telling you, you can know him. For in him we live and move and have our being. Everything comes from him. Our lives are fulfilled when we are in connection with God. Connection then brings us strength. I think this is going to come up. Strength. Psalm 18 verse 29. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. Don't you love that? What a great picture. All of a sudden, God says, you know, uh, 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 David says, you know, when I'm connected to you, God, when I know who you are, then all of a sudden I can advance against any situation. I can overcome any circumstances. Strength starts to rise. That's why we stopped and prayed for strength for those who are overwhelmed, because it comes from the Lord. See, we can have great intentions, and some of us are stronger in character and resilience and determination than others. But friends, we all have our breaking points. We all have our strength limitations. And so we all have to learn to say, you know what? When I'm connected to God, then actually strength begins to rise in who I am and what I have and what I carry in me. Connection gives us strength to be who he's called us to be. Without that connection, we can become very vulnerable. We can become very vulnerable. You know, you can be strong in every way, but still vulnerable spiritually. You know, we, we, we kind of pride ourselves on our independence and our giftedness and our ability to work out problems. And the problem is, is, is we can rely on that so much that actually we become very vulnerable in our connection with God because he's the last person we turn to rather than the first. And our, and our, and our strength and our resilience diminishes rather than increases. Connection gives us strength. How's your strength today? How's your connection with God? Friends, because we need to decide, you know what, I need to improve that connection. See, the thing that struck me about this picture of uh, reception uh, in, in Malvern is that we'll do pretty much what it takes to position ourselves to get a connection. You know, I've seen people do all kinds of things. You see people driving along the car, don't you, with a phone just at the window, trying to get signal, trying to get... Listen, friends, we'll do in the natural, we'll do all kinds of things to try and connect. But spiritually, we won't position ourselves with God. We expect God to do the work. And God comes and he says to us, you know what, I need you to, if you want to be strong, then somewhere along the line, you've got to think about your connection with me. You've got to think about how you just receive from me because he's given us some things and we're going to talk about them in a few moments but connection and strength comes through recognizing we need him secondly connection provides direction Isaiah 30 verse 21 says this whether you turn to the right or to the left your ears will hear a voice behind you saying this is the way walk in it see connection gives you a sense of direction you begin to be confident about how you're going and where you're going because God begins to speak. Now listen, uh, when it comes to finding direction in God and having a direction for your life, I'm a great believer that God's given us a brain and that we should uh, take decisions, you know? I don't believe that we should just sit around waiting for God to speak all the time. Sorry if that offends anybody. But uh, see, I, I really believe that God says yes until he says no. So I believe that God gives us the ability to make decisions and to make, you know, so that we don't, you know, because one of the hardest things we can ever do is sit there and go, God, should I go left or right? 
We used to have a guy in our youth group in Cheltenham, and he'd always turn left if he was lost. And eventually, that just meant you went around in a circle. <laughs> uh, and some people are like that in their Christian lives. They always just, oh, I'll do, go this way. You know, I think you have to use your brain and exercise wisdom and principles of life to make just choice decisions. But listen, you should do it with an openness to the Spirit, whether he says yes or no. That's the key. So all of a sudden, it says, you hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. And so you're free to make the choice left until God says right. But here's the deal. If you're not connected, you can't hear him say right. You can't, you can't be sensitive enough to hear what he has to say to you. You can't be responsive enough. And so God wants us to be in that place of connection so that when he speaks, you can hear him and step out. And then when we have confidence, then we can begin to make decisions that are comfortable and that we know God gives us the freedom to make. And, then, and, and that's what connection brings. It brings that sense of direction. Yes, Lord, I'm going to do that. One of the biggest fears that people have as believers, you know, one of my jobs as a pastor is to try and take fears off people as, as they follow Jesus, is that everybody's afraid of getting it wrong. Listen, don't be afraid of getting God's purpose wrong because God wants you to succeed. If you go wrong, guess what? He'll redirect you. He won't go, oh, you stupid boy. See, we sometimes think God's like that. If we get it wrong, he's going to be angry with me. No, friends, he's not. He's going to help you to get right. That's the nature of God. That's who he is. Connection provides that sense of direction. You come open to the Spirit. Bible says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. But to keep in step with the Spirit, we need to make sure we're listening to what the Spirit says. So that we can walk with him and do what he's called us to do. Thirdly, connection increases our joy. I love that. Connection increases joy. You can tell people who are fed up with God and struggling because their joy disappears. It's not, it's not rocket science, is it? You can see them get miserable. You know, you tend because all of a sudden, the joy of the Lord disappears because their sense of connection have gone. They become people who are worn out of duty. Now, listen, friends, I believe in duty. I believe in doing the right thing even though you don't feel like it. I'm a big believer in it, Okay. Because if you do the wrong thing because you don't feel like it, it just gets worse. Hello. So you've got to do the right thing even though it doesn't feel like it. But friends, sooner or later, if you keep doing the right thing, the joy comes. And I believe that God wants us to increase in joy. He wants us to be joyful followers of Jesus. He wants, and, and, and as we connect with him, joy starts to overflow. I don't know if you ever watched the film. Uh, I'm not sure I should watch this film. Love Actually. Do you know what I mean? It's a great movie, but there's bits of it that you shouldn't watch, okay? So I'm just telling you that now. I, I fight with the wife about that every time. Julia, turn this off, but she says, she's not here to defend herself, okay? So we're okay. But at the end of that film, there's all these bits when he's in the airport, and there's just all these pictures of people running into each other's arms and connecting as you do at airports. And what's the overriding image? It's joy. Why? Because they've connected. See, when you connect with God, joy rises up. I don't know about you, but you see, you can connect with God in so many ways. I connect with God through singing. I sing hymns all day long, old-fashioned hymns, hymns that most of you wouldn't know. My wife says I've got Pentecostal Tourette's. (laughs) Because I just come out with a hymn. My favorite is when mothers of Salem, their children brought to Jesus. Come on, it's just a beautiful song. 
Why? Because there's something joyful in my heart. You know why? Because being close to God is a wonderful thing. It changes your outlook on life. I'm going to make a CD soon, Sally, and I'll put them out. Why? Because it's about connection. See, some of us, we need to do what we need to do to connect because we need more joy in our life. Because when you're connected to God, all of a sudden joy starts to flow and build in your life. You start to feel that actually, even though I walk through the valley, hey, I'm not going to fear any evil. I'm going to be joyful because he's with me. Why? Because I've connected to him. And it's a faith thing. It's a spirit thing. It's something that we have to work out. And church, I'm just saying to you, listen, the biggest responsibility you have is to connect with God. If the devil can break your connection with God, he'll break it in an instant. Because when he's done that, he'll rob you of the inheritance of the kingdom. Because all of a sudden, life becomes a chore. Church becomes boring. Everything's like, oh, I've got to do, go, go and do this again. I have to do this. I have to do this. Not I get to do this. That's what happens is in relationships when people lose connection. Oh, I've got to do the dishes again for those ungrateful pigs. <laughs> Sorry to share my life with you. It's just what it comes out every now and again. Why? Because, because it's broken down. You know what I'm saying. I'm just trying to be real with you, church. The joy goes. The Bible says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's not my joy, it's his joy. So if I'm going to have his joy, I need to be connected to him. When I'm not connected to him, the misery of Dave starts to rise up. From where you're sitting, some of you have got that problem too, don't we? We've got to stir it up. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We've got to connect with him. Psalm 28, I haven't read the scripture yet. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise him. What a great verse. Why? Because I've connected with God. Because there's joy in my heart. And because uh, of what he's done for me. Now, I've got to go quickly. I, I, I've, I've got four connection points. As we're sitting here, I came up with another 20 this morning. I'd just love to say, you know, connection, connection. Oh, no, we can't go into that. Fourthly, connection brings purpose. See, when you have connection with God, you start to have a sense of what God wants to do. When you lose the connection with God, you lose the sense of the calling of God's kingdom. You know it should be, but it doesn't become something that you carry. It says there in Acts, while, the, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. I, I think it's really interesting because it tells me a couple of things about the early church. One is they spent time, they positioned themselves in worship and fasting so that they could connect with God. That was part of what they were about. It's part of what they did. They positioned themselves in it. They, they, they got out on the patio and they positioned themselves so they could connect. And friends, I, I don't know about you, but wherever you go this week, somewhere in the middle of being busy, and listen, busyness is a curse in our age. Everybody's busy. Have you noticed? Everybody's got more on now than they've ever had and less time now than they've ever had. Hello. And we've got to find a way that we can actually say, you know what, in the middle of all this, I'm going to find something that actually matters and I'm going to pick up my receiver. I'm going to tune in to the Lord. Because if you don't, I guarantee you, 2016 will be a year without joy and purpose. Because it's he who brings those things into our life. And so we've got to connect with him and move in that. And okay, so how do we do that? Well, I want to come back to this verse that um, I quoted right at the beginning. Acts 2, verse 42. 
They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And I'm just really going to touch on three of those things today. I, I want to call them connection points. You know, um, when you uh, go to an airport, there's a meeting point, isn't there? There's a connection point. And if you're going to meet somebody, you're not really sure of who they are. You kind of go there, and you kind of meet them, and you connect there. Or else you hold up one of those big boards. Uh, and so that they know who you are. And uh, they kind of go, when we were in Portugal, I was telling the early ch- first church, we, we, uh, we were meeting Dom in Portugal. He was flying in from Germany. We were there, Matt and I. And um, there were all these people with boards around. So we decided we'd meet Dom with a board. So uh, Dom's family name is John now, but it used to be, wait for it, in English, it's cheese worm. <laughs> so, so Matt and I made a big piece of paper with cheese worm on it and stood there with it. He was very impressed to meet with us. As he came out, do you know what I mean? It was just a little way of, uh, you know, bringing him down to earth, do you know what I mean? Um, but it's a meeting point, it's a connection point, you know, and uh, it seems to me that God has given us loads of connection points, ways that we can just connect with him. I want to talk about three, uh, just this morning, very quickly. You know them all, and nothing new about them, but I just want you to consider them this morning. First is the apostles' teaching. It says they connected with God through the word. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, what I mean is, friends, they came and took hold of God's word for their lives. In a gathered context, but also in in an individual context. They read the word. They heard the word. They understood the word. They applied it to their lives. And we need to recognize that the Bible is a connection point for us. And if we can read it, then we will connect with God through it. And Jesus said this when he was tempted in the wilderness, after 40 days and 40 nights of going without food, um, the devil came to him, and the first temptation he has was to his physical form. He said, if you're really the son of God, tell these stones to be turned into bread, and I'll believe you. And Jesus looked at the stones, and I'm sure he could see bread. 40 days and 40 nights, he was looking, oh, I could do with a fresh loaf, some peanut butter. And he turned to the devil and he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but because of every word that God speaks. And I want you to think about that because this was a moment when, when Jesus could have easily turned it into bread. But uh, he, he chose to say, after 40 days and 40 nights of going without food, actually the most important thing to me is not whether I take care of myself, but it's whether I honor what God says. It's a big thing. I want you to see he's not making a little stand on a promise. You know, we we do this and we should do it. God gives us lots of promises and we can stand on them. But this isn't a moment where I'm going, I'm standing on the blessing of God today. He's not saying that, friends. He's saying God says I need to honor him. So that's what I'm going to do. See, sometimes we want to stand on the blessing of God and we want to ignore the scriptures that say we should honor him. I'm proclaiming, Lord, that you're going to be my healer, my baptizer, all that stuff. But actually what you also are is my Lord and Savior. And you tell me to follow you and honor you above all things. So, G- so Jesus finds himself saying, even though I could do that, the fact that I did it would be to honor you, Satan, and I will never do that because actually God's word tells me that my life is tied up in who he is. And I want you to see that there's a difference about how we approach the scripture. He approached the scripture saying, you know what, I will, only, I will put forward God's purposes in my life as more important than myself. I don't know, but the word of God seems to be more available to people now than it's ever been. Half of you in this place will be looking at your little phone or your iPad with a Bible on this morning, which is great. Or, or some of you are texting, which is just life. I've come to terms with it. Some of you are on Facebook. Shame on you. Do you know what I mean? But, but it's available in so many forms, 
but it's so neglected among the believers. How alive are we? How much of the word have we fed ourselves on this week? I'm not saying, you know, I don't think Jesus is introducing daily bread here. He's not saying you have to read your Bible every day here. I don't think he's saying that because they didn't have the Bible in the form we have it in. But what he's saying is, listen, you need to know what God has to say that you can apply it to your life and live it. You need to take hold of what God is speaking and that you can work it out in, in what he has to say to you. Because God's word has the power to change your life. Has the power to change your life. Friends, just one word from God can free you from a whole host of things in your life. Just one word. Just one promise from God can raise faith and expectation in you. Just one word, if you'll take it on board. And so we need to position ourselves to hear the word. Now, you're doing that this morning. You're in church. Uh, I'm not an apostle, but I'm a pastor, and I'm teaching. So I'm bringing you the teaching of the word to try and help shape your life, and that's great. But actually, friends, the hunger for God comes when you pick up the word for yourself and you learn. Because you don't want to be dependent on me feeding you once a week. You want to feed yourself. You want to hear what God has to say. And so I want you to think about your life. If you're going to connect with God, one of the first connection points you have to have is the scripture in your life in some way or form. That you, that you sit and, if you can't read it very well, then listen to it. There's an app on there that will read it to you. You just have to press the button and it will read it to you if you can't read very well. There's no reason why you can't listen to it and let it change. Because faith comes by hearing the word. You're changed, your view, you connect with God and things start to rise up in you because you're hearing what it has to say. And when you hear it and then do it, life starts to change. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. You see, you can know the scripture for years, but if you don't practice it, you're still, your house is still going to fall down, friend. Hello, still going to fall down. See, some people say, well, you know, I've been going to church for years. I still have problems. Friends, it's not coming to church that makes a difference. It's putting into practice what Jesus says. It changes you. It changes how you view things. It changes how you act. It changes how you invest your life. It changes how you respond to circumstances because you respond out of obedience, not just out of feeling. We find it hard to forgive certain people, don't we? Because we feel that something should happen to them. And if something happened to them, we find it easier. But that's disobedience to the word. Because the word says, if you don't forgive people, why should I forgive you? It's very very black and white. But we convince ourselves that Jesus will forgive us as long as we don't hurt anybody else. But actually, he says he won't forgive us if we will not forgive. See, it's, it's it's a word of truth. It's a word that sets us free. It's a word that brings life. But somewhere along the line, we reduce it to, I find it hard to forgive, so I'm not going to forgive them yet, but please, God, forgive me. Guess what? The answer is no. Ouch. We say, please, God, honor me. Uh, Lord, prosper me. Uh, let, let, let me increase, but I'm not going to honor you, Lord. Guess what? The answer is no. So we don't like it when God says no, but he does say no. We need, to, we need to recognize that sometimes we're kidding ourselves because we're not connecting with what the word says. We're connecting with our hopes and what we want God to do. But God says, no, I need you to honor me. 
Second one, very quickly, is prayer. I, friends, I've got about 30 books on my shelves which talk about prayer. Long prayers, short prayers, song prayers, spoken prayers, prayers in this way, prayers in that way. I still find it hard to pray. How about you? If prayer was about having books on it, I'd be an expert. But prayer is about speaking to the Lord. Prayer is about humbling yourself before the creator of the world and allowing him to also speak to you and tell you about your life and for you to speak to him about his kingdom and his purposes. And therefore, we have to really um, uh, recognize that if we're going to connect with God, then prayer is one of the things that are available to us to do that. Uh, and so sometimes we're just going to have to uh, snatch those moments. I, again, I'm not here to say to you, you need to take 15 hours a week to pray. Listen, most of you, 15 minutes is going to stretch you. But it's 15 minutes well spent. Some of you need to start your morning just with a prayer to the Lord. I've got a little prayer in my phone. A little prayer for today, I call it. And it's a little prayer of just blessing. It's a little prayer of blessing and submission. I say, Lord, thank you for my life. Thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for the family that you've given me, for the church you've placed me in. Lord, I place before you today the words that I speak, the actions that I take, the meetings that I go to, the places that I have to go in your name. God, use me for you in this world. Amen. Takes a minute, friends, but it focuses my life on what God's going to say. The Lord's speaking. Here he is. He's always coming through. Oh, it's louder. Do you know what I mean? See, there's so much of that, and we just surrender to God. Listen, I, I, we need to surrender our lives and pray. Here's some reasons why your prayer should increase this year. Prayer is God's way that we become joyful. Until now, you've not asked for anything. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. That's how we find joy. Prayer is how we stay spiritually fit and alert. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. See, it's prayer that changes us. Prayer is how we express our dependence upon God. I am the vine, you are the branches. It's how we connect with him. And so I want you to think this year just about what you can do to, to connect with God through prayer. Don't make the big promise, just make the little action. Just a little step that says, you know what, Lord, in this day, in my life, I'm just going to make that moment to connect with you. Even if it's that daily prayer, that very often I read to the Lord and just say, here it is, Lord, this is what I mean. Somebody's mentioned me on Twitter already this morning on here. Somebody's connecting. Just, just bring it with God. And then finally, I want to talk about the breaking of bread. I want to talk about communion. It says in Acts 2, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. See, we're taking, I thought we'd have communion this morning. Really, because communion is a way that we connect with God. Communion is a way in which we come and together we do it, but also individually we have a moment that we can connect with him. I love it. It says that they broke bread in their homes and ate together. So there's a difference there. Very often they did over a, over a meal, they had communion together. I, I always think to, to the church, you know, we don't like to think we're religious, but when was the last time you had communion at home over a meal with somebody? When was the last time communion didn't have lacy tablecloths for you? Because we become traditional. We settle into a certain way of doing things. But it says every day when they met together in groups, they had communion together. They remembered what Jesus had done for them. They brought his sacrifice right into their social life. 
And they said, hey, let's remember today, Jesus. They were deliberate about it. And communion is an opportunity for us to come close to God and to meet with Him. I want to read from Corinthians eleven twenty three. this passage that we always read, and then we're going to come. In fact, time's going. Do you want to bring the servers out, Matt, and start them off? And we're going to just, just read. I'm going to read together. Corinthians eleven twenty three. 23. Servers, please come. For I received from the Lord, but I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. You know, Jesus gave us communion that we would be able to connect with him. And uh, we connect as the body of Christ because uh, we're able to come and share together. But we also come and use this moment to, to share in him, to remember him. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, remembering who he is and what he's done for us. And the Bible tells us that this is a moment for us to examine ourselves. And I want to say to you, it says, examine ourselves and eat. It doesn't say examine ourselves and don't eat. In other words, it's not saying examine yourself and if you feel you're not good enough, don't take it. That's not what Jesus meant. He said examine yourself and recognize that today you need the grace and mercy of God just like every day. And anything that's in your life that you need to repent of and maybe just ask God to forgive, then you do that right there. But then you come and eat. Jesus never meant to exclude people from the communion table. He did it to bring us all in and unite us all together again. He says, examine ourselves and recognize that we need grace and mercy. And the only prohibition he gives is that we shouldn't do it in an unworthy manner, meaning not that we have to be a particularly good person, but that we have to remember why we're doing it and recognize that Jesus died for us. And so as we come this morning to take these emblems in just a few moments, and we've got a bit of a crust this morning, you can pull a bit off, because we wanted to just to symbolize that loaf, that bread that speaks of us being joined together, then I want you to remember we're doing it in remembrance of him and take this moment to examine yourself before the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit just to remind you of the mercy and grace of God. You know, people have decided all kinds of things about communion, about the meaning of it and everything, but the moment that Jesus initiated it was so that we could take part of it so that we could connect with him. So the band are going to come back. They're going to sing a song just quietly over us as we take communion together. Please serve us. Please bring it.